Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your health care. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. Nicole here. Welcome if you are a first-time listener and welcome back if you are not. So today I wanted to just go into more of a personal podcast, personal story, and share some insight into my own postpartum recovery journey. So this is actually a re-record, just a disclaimer. I recorded this episode about a week ago and it just wasn't sitting right with me. It didn't really, I feel, capture like the emotions throughout the postpartum journey and the ups and downs and things like that. I just kind of It seemed a little dry, so to speak. So I am back and hopefully we'll capture a little bit more of that in this episode. So as I record this, I am seven months postpartum. I had a cesarean delivery. It was a repeat C-section. So it was my second. And I've also dealt with some other things in this journey that I was not entirely expecting. And I'll dive into that for sure. And have had some questions from you guys come through on Instagram that I will definitely address in this episode. So I feel that this may be a relatable or even just like interesting episode to hear how my recovery and return to exercise and daily function has gone just for like a raw view of the postpartum period because I know that not everybody is sharing like the details, right? And this is not to say that like the things that I'm experiencing, you will also experience, or that this is, you know, standard for everybody. You know, this is just my unique story and you have your unique story. So at the end of the day, I just want to, I guess, show up as a real human and just share a story that I feel like you might find interesting and you might relate to some pieces of. So that being said, let's go ahead and dive in. I'm going to go ahead and just start from the beginning. Like I'm going to start right back to when I had that scheduled C-section. So it was, again, it was scheduled. So I knew what I was getting into. I had had a C-section before. It was an unexpected C-section with my first as a result of a failed induction. Very long labor, complications towards the end. Um, Had to do a C-section. So this time I waited and waited and waited. Really was wanting a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean, and it was just getting to be, I was getting to the point where it was past my due date and it was waiting, I guess I was not comfortable waiting longer in order to um, have that VBAC. So it was just a personal comfort thing. I probably could have gone a little bit longer, but for me and like my gut instinct, it was like, let's have this repeat C-section. So I did that at 41 weeks and yeah, that that's that. You can get into more of my birth story. If you scroll back through a few episodes, I share all about 
the birth experience and how the the repeat C-section felt and all that stuff. So that is for that episode. But much of the first few days were just getting back into walking and dressing and showering and like just daily function because after a C-section, your core is, you know, obviously it has been cut through several layers just to be completely raw with that there, with that visual. Um, but yeah, just getting back into daily function. We were in the hospital for like two, two and a half days-ish. So much of that happened there. I started to walk. I started to, you know, shower, go to the bathroom, things like that on my own again. Um, yeah, so that was the initial part. And of course, like it feels so defeating at first to like be in this different place with your body where one day, like in pregnancy, you know, you're, you're feeling decent, so to speak, minus the big belly and all the weight that you're carrying. But, you know, going from that point of just like being able to perform functional daily tasks to, Hey, you have to, you know, take it slow to even just get out of bed or walk or anything that really involves core strength and stability. And yeah, it can just, it can be very defeating. So Anyways, since I had been through it before, it was not as, I would say, difficult of a recovery mentally this time since I was expecting it. I knew it was happening, but I will say that first C-section was definitely a harder mental recovery. Um, Physical, of course, too, but mentally, it was definitely tougher the first time around. So anyways, getting back to the story, we went went home from the hospital Um, and we also have a toddler, um, at the time he was two and a half. So, you know, he's still very dependent on us and he, you know, was always, always been very dependent on mommy to do all of the things. And it was just certainly less of a restful period coming home, um, at first because, you know, of course he wanted picked up and things like that. And I tried, you know, (laughs) but I will say that I, had started to feel decent, like, okay. And there were certain moments where I would bend down and I would lift him a little bit, like nothing crazy, but I definitely, I overdid it because again, I felt okay. And later I did notice that I ended up with swollen feet and legs. And yeah, so I learned my lesson, you know, (laughs) coming home and just being too active, which you know, I'm a busybody and it's just hard to sit still. So having this toddler that depends on you just makes it more challenging to rest. And of course my husband is, you know, there to help out, very supportive and all of that. And we just had to divvy up some things a little bit more and everything was fine. So anyways, learned my lesson there. More rest was definitely needed. So during, in terms of recovery wise and physical recovery during this initial period, even in the hospital, um, something that I started to do and something that I recommend with clients all the time is to start with 360 breathing initially. And this is essentially just breathing into your rib cage, big expansion through the rib cage, exhaling, drawing your navel back in. So no like extreme core engagement, very minimal pelvic floor lift. Um, So just really connecting with the core canister again. So the core canister is your deep core, 
your pelvic floor muscles, your diaphragm, sort of that internal core structure that supports you, stabilizes you, all of that stuff. So no matter what type of birth you have, 360 breathing is always an amazing place to start. Just taking those initial breaths to, again, connect to that core and pelvic floor again, because they, you know, were severely changed during pregnancy and birth. So anyways, aside from that, that's what I sort of started to do in this initial couple of days, couple of weeks. Now, after a week or two, I started my own core recovery program called Core Revival, which is a six-week program that has a 15-minute workout every week, a, a different level, so to speak, and it's just intentional breathing, intentional movement, connecting to that deep core and pelvic floor again, rebuilding that strength there, rebuilding that foundation. So I did these movements and breath work at least three to four times per week. And it was, again, it was short. It was gentle. It's completely safe exercise for those initial six weeks. I would try to do these during tummy time for my baby, or if he was like laying on the mat, playing and kicking his legs and things like that. Um, and during this time I could definitely feel myself getting stronger. I felt you know, I felt more stable in my body. I felt better when I was carrying him around and changing him and lifting him up off the floor or like getting out of bed, like gradually my strength was building. So my confidence was increasing too. And this felt really, really good. Um, another part of the, the core revival program that I mentioned is doing a diastasis recti assessment initially. So that's uh, something that I did as well. On my on myself and this is to assess for the degree of abdominal separation that occurs naturally from pregnancy i don't want anybody to be scared by that but if you are pregnant almost 100 percent of people have dr by the end of their pregnancy it just depends on if it persists for a while into the postpartum period and a while is kind of vague but i'll share a little bit more as i go here so again, I noticed that while I was feeling stronger with these movement, movements and progressing through the different levels of the core program and feeling stronger, my abdominal separation gap was three fingers wide. And that's kind of how you measure it. If you've never done a DR assessment before, you measure it with finger widths and you also, also measure for the depth. So Mine was three fingers wide, which was very shocking to me. I know that with my first, it was initially postpartum with my first, it was two fingers wide. And then I noticed that gradually closing. Like I noticed it improving as I went through, you know, my core program and all of that. So I could see the improvement and it was great. Everything was feeling strong. Abs were going back together this time. You know, typically after the initial six weeks postpartum, I'd lo really love to see that gap has changed a bit. So from the three fingers, I would have loved to just like feel that close a little bit, but it had not. So I had reached out. I did reach out to my friend who very, very lucky. I have a friend who is a pelvic floor physical therapist in my hometown and she owns her own practice. And so I reached out to her and said, you know, what, what do you think? Like, should 
Do you think you can support me with this? What can I do? Because I was doing all the things to the book that I know as a pre and postnatal fitness specialist to do. And it was not working. So I knew that I had, you know, an injury from pregnancy that, you know, caused this DR to linger. And I didn't want it to, I didn't want to pass it by. I didn't want to write it off. I didn't want to get back into my normal strength training and running routine without knowing a good plan or having a good plan to heal this DR because I know the impacts of it long-term and it could, you know, lead to things like prolapse and low back pain and pelvic floor symptoms and just throws your entire core off, right? So I really wanted to make sure that, you know, my goal wasn't necessarily to entirely close the gap and that's not necessarily always the goal with DR. So we may not be able to fully close that DR gap back to where you were pre-pregnancy, but what we ultimately want to look for and my my goal was to get functional again, you know, be able to create tension in that area in my abdominals, be able to do planks again, be able to run again, be able to just move without limitations essentially. So regaining the strength and tension there, not so much closing the gap. Okay. So around eight weeks postpartum, I went in for my assessment with my pelvic floor PT, and she also measured my gap to be about three fingers wide at my belly button. It was a little bit less than that above and below, but at that the belly button, it was three fingers wide. And it's so interesting, like looking back into my pregnancy, I could kind of see it when I was pregnant, like around my belly button area, I could see so much stretch. Like the way that I carried this baby, it was like he was out in front. It was like total basketball, but like just all out in front. There was like nothing on the sides, just the way that I carried him. I don't know if that's what caused the DR to linger. I don't know if it was the C-section potentially throwing things off with my core canister. Um, but I will say that this diagnosis was a little shocking for me because I had gone through my entire pregnancy doing all the quote unquote right things that I've been taught to do, educated to do, and, you know, really focusing on that deep core and pelvic floor work. And when I got this diagnosis, I was a little feeling a little shamey about it, like almost like a fraud, like my own method doesn't work, but truth is it wasn't the strategy. And my pelvic floor PT kind of confirmed that for me that it wasn't necessarily your approach in pregnancy. It could have been all these variety of different factors, like the way you carried him. It could be an imbalance somewhere else in your body. It could be from the C-section, you know, cutting through layers of your core disconnects things in there. And sometimes it just doesn't like snap right back into place. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I was feeling about the diagnosis, just kind of feeling like very down about it. And quite honestly, just a little bit nervous to share about it as a pre and postnatal fitness specialist that helps mamas avoid this in pregnancy. But the truth is, and what I had to come to terms with in myself was the fact that your body is going to adapt to pregnancy in the way that it needs to. And it doesn't make anything wrong. I think that if you, you know, are focusing on doing 
the quote unquote right things and doing the things within your control and your power, which is exactly what I feel that I did, that my body just adapted in this way with this abdominal separation to accommodate my growing baby. And that's that, you know? So just kind of a little tidbit, if you are going through something similar or if you will in the future with whether it's DR or prolapse or um, pelvic floor leaking, any, any of these injuries that could potentially come from pregnancy and birth, that I just want to encourage that it's maybe not your fault. You know, if you are, again, doing those things within your control to support your body, strengthen your body, stabilize your core, and work on those things, then some bodies are just going to adapt, adapt differently than others. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. There is so much support out there for us with pelvic floor PTs. They, you know, cover the whole nine yards with pregnancy and postpartum. So if you don't have one, I recommend getting one. I did not use or go to a a pelvic floor PT with my first pregnancy. Um, I didn't, you know, feel necessarily the need to. I didn't have an injury. I didn't, you know, have any aches, pains, random things pop up. But this time, you know, it was just absolutely a game changer. So if you resonate with anything I'm saying, then highly recommend finding one in your local area or online. There are definitely some online as well. So now that we've talked about the initial phase a little bit, let's talk about pelvic floor PT and what that journey looked like. And I'll say that it was a lot of trial and error, honestly. Where we started was not where we ended in terms of figuring out where the disconnect was. So my PT initially had said my external obliques were really tight. So we worked on releasing those with some stretches, some breathing, some focused abdominal work to help reduce rib cage flare. So just as like a visual, if you can think of like your obliques, like your side abs, so to speak, if those are too tight, they could essentially be pulling your abdominals wider. So like not helping that gap close, right? Working against it. So releasing those was sort of the first line of defense as well as my rib cage was flared a little bit from the baby, which is pretty common in most pregnancies. So doing some focused abdominal work to again, kind of decrease that flare, which would then in turn help hopefully close the gap. So then I I was working on those and I essentially just as like, how this all went down, I would go to the session and then practice the exercises with the PT and then she would give me homework. So I would take those same exercises. I would go home and repeat them hmm, probably four to five days a week, roughly. And I would just spend 10 to 15 minutes after the kids went to bed. I would make it a little ritual and do my exercises there in the living room while my husband and I watched whatever show we were watching at the time. So yeah, that's kind of how that all went down. So then for a little while I got sidetracked. So I had some pelvic floor symptoms pop up. It turns out my pelvic floor was a little overactive, a little tight in some areas. So we worked on adding some mobility, which was extremely helpful. So then that, pre- that resolved pretty quickly once we discovered that and I just implemented some daily techniques like breathing and mobility um, that were different than what I was doing. So then we turned the focus back to the DR 
And after the initial things that we had tried weren't seeming to work, the gap wasn't really like changing much, tension wasn't changing much, my PT tried a few other things. We did some cupping, we did um, a few other measurements. I can't exactly remember what, it's been a few months, but then I don't know, we did something and she noticed that my lower abs, the very low abdominals were just not turning on at all. So right around where my C-section scar is, I could be doing the perfect breath work. I could be doing the perfect core engagement, but those suckers were just not engaging. My upper abs were, but the lower abs were just like completely disconnected to the rest of my core. And this is not to say that like this is the problem for you if, if you're experiencing the same thing. This was just my problem. Um, but it could, yeah, it could have possibly been from the C-section. It's really hard to say. So at this point, it was exciting because we were really on to something. So now having this information, we could do all kinds of different things to try to turn those lower abs on. So a couple of the different things were thoracic mobility. So like that mid spine area, mobilizing that. For me, that area was really tight on my body. And when that area is tight, your core cannot effectively and efficiently work together. So mobilization of the thoracic spine was one thing that we did. Another thing was that we added in some serratus activation. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but the serratus muscle um, is, gosh, how do I explain this? It's kind of like on the side of your back under your armpit. That's maybe not a great accurate description, but essentially we added in some different movements that would turn on those and they are connected with the lower abs. So I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds because you're probably like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but anyways, it was just super fascinating to, to learn a little bit more. And I know like a fair amount about anatomy and stuff like that, but just to learn these deep interconnected things that I would have probably not thought about before. So it's so great to have that second set of eyes and that professional who who knows this stuff even deeper. So anyways, a great learning experience for me and we continue to build each and every session. So when I started PT, I went probably every two weeks and then it eventually spaced out to three weeks, then once a month. And I just graduated from pelvic floor PT about two weeks ago as I'm recording this. So about a month ago from when this episode comes out. Um, yeah, so I was in PT from about the second month postpartum through month seven. So about five months in total. And again, that's not a recommendation of how long anybody should be in it. Um, but that is how long it sort of took me to get to a place where I was confident in things. And we got to a place where I was progressing. I was able to maintain good core control, core stability with many, many movements and got to a place recently where I am still intentional about my deep core work and exercises and, and those intentional fine movements, but I've been able to start integrating them more into my strength training. So integrating a lot of the movements into my deadlifts and pull-ups and planks and push-ups and things like that. So it's been feeling really good to 
integrate them with the movements that I really love. Okay. So as a result, my gap is still not closed. I didn't graduate because I fully closed my DR. It is closed in most areas on my core. So if you think about from like your sternum down to below the belly button, it's closed in most areas except right at that belly button where it was the deepest and widest section. So I'll continue to track and measure that over time. Um, Again, my goal, as I stated earlier, is not to fully close the gap, but to make it as functional as possible, meaning it doesn't affect my workouts or daily life. And at this point right now, it does still affect my workouts. Like I'm still very much conscious when I'm doing planks and push-ups, and still feeling like weak in some of those more advanced movements. So it's definitely going to be a journey long-term and yeah, that's all I'll say. It's going to be a journey. Now, switching gears a little bit, but kind of backtracking a little bit as well, running in parallel with all of this, this pelvic floor PT journey was, of course, my own fitness journey and return to exercise postpartum. So again, I told you about the 360 breathing in the initial stages. I told you about the core recovery and sort of starting my core revival program. Um, And then, of course, pelvic floor PT. Um, So All of that was, you know, feeling good at the time. It was feeling gentle. Um, And then I was cleared by my doctor at six weeks postpartum. And from there, was super excited to start implementing some strength training to build up total body strength again while continuing to weave in my pelvic floor PT work, my diastasis recti work, all of that stuff. So kept it very, very basic. Um, in the beginning, which is again, what I work with all of my postpartum mamas on is just regaining that foundational strength and movement. And to be honest, I feel like postpartum exercise can be a little bit boring at first and it has to be that way. I hate to say it, but it's going to be slow. It's going to be very intentional. We're going to be doing basic movements, like no no fun combination movements. It's really just, you know, your fundamental movement patterns. And so that's exactly what I did. You know, the basic movement patterns, your squats, your hinges, like deadlifts, your pushes, your presses, all of that stuff to just gain back functional strength, functional control. Um, so that's what I started with. Gradually went from doing more full body workouts to muscle group splits over time and then gradually increasing my weights as I felt it was, you know, appropriate. I was on maternity leave at the time that I started to exercise again. So I do my workouts with my baby around. He, you know, I I know a lot of mamas who save it for nap time, but for me personally, my baby loved to have a good contact nap. (laughs) He was not a crib napper. We started to work into it towards the end of the maternity leave, like just trying to do one crib nap a day and we got better at it. He got better at it. Um, But most of the time when he was napping, I was holding him. And honestly, I loved it. Like at first I like wanted to fight it because my first baby, he was not like that. Like he would nap in the crib. Like his naps would be short, like for sure, like 30 minute nap to the T every time. But I could at least count on that half hour to get things done. However, with this little guy, 
I would set him down and he'd be up in five minutes. And it was just very um, disheartening. It was discouraging because I'd, you know, be planning on doing this workout while he was asleep. And of course, he's awake in five minutes and I'd be frustrated. And so just to cut down on that frustration, I, for the most part, held him for his naps. And then luckily, he was pretty happy to chill in a bouncer or play, um, do tummy time, things like that while I worked out. And of course, I would check in with him and make funny faces and all that stuff, which helped him just kind of, you know, keep his attention span and stay stay chill throughout that. So very lucky that he he was okay being put down. So most of my workouts were done while he was awake. Um, once I'd been consistent with three-ish workouts per week, which is, yeah, again, where I started, like three strength training workouts a week, I would start to do some walking. Once I started to feel strong again, I gradually added some high impact work, some little jumps here and there. So I would just put in like two to three squat jumps between like strength intervals just to test the waters. And this is something that I did around, gosh, it was, it was after at least eight weeks of just consistent foundational strength training. So not rushing back into anything in that arena. And thankfully, my pelvic floor responded very well. I didn't have any leaking. I didn't have any heaviness or pressure. And just continually, gradually added things back in, added a little bit more impact work over time. And at this point, around seven months postpartum, I've been able to run a mile without any symptoms. I've been able to add in high intensity intervals again. So high knees, burpees, kind of, I still modify a little bit just because of core, um, squat jumps, things like that. So very excited to do stuff like that because that's kind of one of my favorite ways to work out. But I do know that if I had just dove right back into full exercise postpartum with diastasis recti, with the tight pelvic floor, that could have been a complete train wreck. So whew, I hate to think of how that would have gone. And I'm so thankful that I took it slow. So highly recommend taking it slow, going the boring route and building your body back up just to summarize that. Okay. So this episode is starting to get a little longer than I wanted to. So I'm going to go ahead and just wrap things up. I will say that my core is still very much recovering from DR and it will be a maybe lifelong process. Who knows? It's going to be a process and a journey to keep keep strength in that area and keep improving that area. But so thankful that I'm able to run a mile, do my barbell squats and deadlifts again, get through a sweaty hit workout, go hiking with my family, lift my kids, not have pain, all of that stuff. I will forever be amazed that the human body can just grow and birth and honestly recover in this way. And exercise has just been a life-changing tool in my postnatal recovery. So that's my story, friends. I think the last thing I want to say to you is just, and I think I've said it before in this episode already, but if you are going through a tough time and you're physical postpartum recovery and you have an injury or aches and pains, I just want you to know that there is support. Like you do not have to live like that. You don't have to live with leaking or leaking pee when you sneeze and cough. 
You don't have to live with anything that feels uncomfortable or not normal to you. There is support for us mamas. So please advocate for yourself. Please tell your doctor if you're experiencing symptoms that seem unnatural and not normal for you. You are worth it. You deserve that support. You grew this child and now you are recovering. So I just encourage you to know that you are worth it and that you can speak up about this stuff. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what resonated, what further questions you might have regarding postpartum recovery, and just to to know if you related to any part of this or if you've been through a similar thing. So hit me up over on Instagram in the DMs at Strong Mama Wellness. If again, if you have any questions or related to this, I love chatting with you and I'm here to support you in any way that I can. So I'll drop any relevant links. If you're looking to connect down in the show notes, my link to Instagram will be there, programs and offers, as well as my free email list, Strong Mama Insiders, where I give you free videos and content for your pregnancy and postpartum journey every single month. So check down there if you're looking to connect further and I will talk to you in the next episode. And that's a wrap mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the strong mama podcast. If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together until next time. Keep moving.